morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. You are joined by Lawson and... Ernst. Ernst. Great to have you here. We have Pastor Ernst William here yes, in the I'm studio. Yes, I'm back again. Back again. Back uh, again. Second you, time. Second time I here. I must have done something right the first time, Lawson. <laughs> That's right. Well, we had you on for an interview. You told your life story, how you became, you know, who you are today, a, yep. a pastor working here in the North New South Wales Conference. And uh, you are the fourth different host that we've had on uh, this week. Oh, I thought I was special. Nah, I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry, but uh, oh. where? No, I don't want to say we're scraping the bottom of the barrel because Ernst, I but think almost. you're fantastic. Uh, but essentially, you woke me up at three o'clock in the morning for this. Three, oh, hey, unbelievable! Don't say three o'clock. It's not three o'clock. Come on, you make me sound like I'm driving slave labor in here. But um, unfortunately, guys, not only you know we've been talking about, we've been sending our prayers out to producer Shell who has COVID, yeah. but also uh, Lyle has now come down with COVID as well. So wow. that means that, uh, you know, we're just, we're just in here getting the show done without them. Um, we pray for them. We yeah, wish them well. Sure. And uh, actually, you have some some funny stuff to share about Lyle's COVID experience. I'm looking forward uh, to hearing he's, that. He's really... Uh, He's he's experiencing it, mm. um, but God has blessed us today. We can be in here doing radio. You know, the listeners are listening. We can see you guys are tuning in. That's fantastic. But thank you so much, and Ernst, I am super grateful that you are here. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and right now we're going to get into our first clue of the quiz. Okay, Lawson, uh, our quiz for today. Uh, our first question is this. I did what I could to kill off the Lord's prophets. Oh, well, okay, this person's... Uh, Looks pretty pretty full on. Pretty <laughs> hectic person that's yeah. uh, doing crazy things with, uh, well, against God's prophets. God's people. We might yeah. see in the next clues if they redeem themselves, but uh, right now, 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And if you do, what is our prize for today? Well, we have an awesome prize for today, yes. Lawson. Let me tell you about it. It is a book by Dr. Kazi, oh, sorry, Dr. Faye Kazi, entitled... Earthy Canvas Vegan Cookbook. And I've got a picture of it right in front of me now. And let me tell you, man, it looks awesome. (laughs) The recipes in this book look awesome, man. So we have been promoting this book throughout this week because if you answer the quiz correctly, your name will go into the draw to win this book. And the more quizzes you answer correctly, the more times you get to go yeah. in the draw. So guys, send us in your answer. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. Can you just read them the question one more time? Yes, the question again is, I did what I could to kill off the Lord's prophets. Mm, awesome. Well, hey, uh, we are going to get into some positively different news, but before we do, I, you know, we are, our hearts, you know, here at Faith FM, and I'm sure the hearts of the listeners, they go out to Lyle, who has now come down with COVID, but as he is not here to defend himself, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell an experience that was disclosed to me, oh, uh, yeah. by his, uh, by his wife and by his friends, um, that, uh, yeah, guy was, Pretty much hallucinating the other night uh, with COVID and Mm -hmm. in a a pretty hilarious way. Essentially, he thought that his house 
burnt down mm-hmm. and that or was burning down, was on fire. And he thought that the cause of his house burning down was a jar of Marmite that was wow. left out. He thought that the jar of Marmite had caused the house to burn down and he gets out of bed. This is according to uh-huh. Shell. You know, he, mm-hmm. he races out of bed. He's like, I've got to put the fire out. Uh-huh. i got to put the fire yeah. out. And... Um, and yeah, but there You're was sure no that's fire COVID to speak or of. Yeah, related? I'm, I'm yeah. like, what, what medication is this guy taking for, for COVID? Pretty strong, whatever that it is. is. Pretty, pretty gnarly. But yeah, yeah. like, oh man, I can say when I had COVID, I was pretty out of it in a strong yeah. way. Did you, did you get COVID? I actually did. When I moved up across from Adelaide to Sydney mm. and then here to Newcastle, yes, I caught it and yeah. it was horrible. Did you yeah. have any hectic hallucinations? I didn't hallucinate, but I had the feeling like as if there was a knife stuck in my ear. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. for four full days, that I, was a very painful experience. In the ear, yeah. I had the knife down the throat. That was that was uh, a tough one for me. But yeah. anyways, hey guys, send in your love for Lyle zero four nine nine zero six four six six nine. Send in some messages and we'll get them back to him. But hey, let's get into some some positively different news. Yeah, Ernst, yeah. what have you what have you got to share with us this morning? Well. Um, I was just reflecting upon my experience, thinking about ministry mm. and uh, just opportunities that the Lord has blessed me with. And, yeah. and one thing that kind of stands out, even before I was in ministry, I mm. remember I was living in Sydney at the time, mm. and I was uh, with a bunch of friends, and uh, within our church there is a ministry called Atsum, which works with uh, Indigenous folk, mm-hmm. Aboriginals, and um I remember that, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he approached our youth group at our church and said, hey, would you guys be interested in coming along to Redfern, Mm. which is in the city, and being involved in a program? And Mm. we kind of, you know, I was was new in my Christian faith and, uh, you know, wanted to do something for the Lord, and I thought, wow, this would be a great opportunity. Yeah. And uh, you've heard, well... Some of, some of our listeners have heard my story before. You know, I've, I've had a, always been interested in music and that. And so what we would do is every day we would go into the streets of Redfern. We would set up a tent in this park. I mean, just setting up a tent alone is a lot of work. Mm. But there was a whole bunch of us. And then what we would do, one of the guys would dress up as a Roman soldier. Wow. Okay. I had the guitar. And then a bunch of us, we would literally walk the streets of Redfern. And it's like all the kids mm. would just come out. It's like Pied Piper kind of thing. All mm. the kids would just come out of their houses and follow us to where the tent was. That is insane. Yeah, it was an incredible uh, ministry experience. And then getting to share stories, sing songs, um, just introduce Jesus to these kids. It, it was an incredible experience. So you were just a group of young people that's from it. your local church. Yeah, a lot younger than what I am today, that's yeah. for sure. Many, <laughs> many, many eons ago. And so. you took an opportunity to do a ministry that sounds quite unorthodox, but ultimately, you know, you, you, I, I assumed you guys, you guys prayed, you thought, okay, oh, absolutely. What, yeah. what, can, what can we do for these people? Mm. And you've attracted these kids. Now, what kind of area is, Redfern like. Well, I don't know what it's like today, but back then it was it was pretty scary. Yeah. Like the streets, like, you know, you got dogs, like you know, packs of dogs roaming the streets. Oh, that's insane. Uh you know, it's a it's a pretty well, it was. I, I haven't been to Redfern for a while now, mm-hmm. so it could have changed, but back then it was it was a pretty rough territory. I mean, I grew up in Mount Jewett, which is known for being a pretty bad area in and of itself. But um but the thing that really stood out to me 
was that, um, well, I remember in the midst of running this meeting that someone in the area had broken out of prison and was roaming the streets at the very time uh, we were running this series uh, of meetings as well. I mean, that's the type of area it was back then. I'm not sure if that's changed since. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it was it was pretty rough and ready back then in the day. Yeah, but you guys, I guess, doubled down on your conviction. You said, hey, we have an opportunity to reach these young people in the area. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, in, 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 in an unusual way. You it, did, it, was, so. yeah, it was a real blessing. And, you know, again, literally, you know, walking the streets and meeting up with these kids every day. Mm. It was just an absolutely incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. Really loved it. And so you're meeting up with the kids. Like, did that then give you the opportunity to minister to the parents? Like, what yes. was the result? Like, what, what, what did you see, you know, grow from this ministry? Yeah, it was... What happened is it was, as a result, initially the kids were coming, but ultimately I think the parents were seeing that the kids, you know, because we were giving them little gifts and different things and yeah. that. Feeding uh, them. Yeah, feeding them, yeah. doing all those types of things. And and the parents started coming along as well. And so they had opportunity too to hear the stories that we were sharing, you know, the Bible stories that we were sharing with the kids as well. So, mm. yeah. So it, I don't know to what extent. Well, I believe now there is a church in Redfern. I'm not sure if it's necessarily as a result of that, but I'm mm. sure of other various programs that have gone on in the area yeah. as well have ultimately led to a church in that area. I think mm. it's called The Way. I may be wrong okay. there, but I think it's called The Way. The Way in Redfern. <laughs> the Way in Redfern. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I hope I got that right. But I, I think like doing something like that, and it, it reminds me a lot of you know trips that happen where people head into regional Australia mm. and reach very similar demographic groups in there, or you know head overseas to do fly and builds and whatnot. You know, people talk about oh well, what's the effectiveness of showing up, of doing something, mm. and then of leaving? You know, if you're not mm. going to to have prolonged support there, and and, and th- by the way, like I'm not saying we shouldn't have prolonged support. I mm. think that in a lot of these areas we need prolonged support, but what you're ultimately doing is planting seeds. Yes. Yeah. You're giving people the opportunity to know Christ by ministering to the, their needs. Mm-hmm. And you've seen like, okay, Redfern is an area that has a bunch of kids and a bunch of wild dogs and it's kind of rough and it's kind of gnarly. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to... Have the occasional prisoner running around. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That happened to me in Mossman too, by the way. I was running a series of meetings up there in one of my churches that I had. Uh-huh. And again, uh, in that region up in um, far north Queensland, yeah, uh-huh. someone had broken out of prison, and I think they ran into my meeting initially, saw what was going on, and ran back out. <laughs> that is, maybe okay, it just follows me insane. around. I don't know that what that is. That is crazy. <laughs> okay, and when you said Mossman at first, I thought you meant Mossman in Sydney. No, not the Sydney one. The I was far like, North wait, Queensland what are ex- escaped convicts doing yeah. in Mossman in Sydney? That's like one of I the most. I should use convict. That's probably not the right word, but anyway, <laughs> maybe. <but> prisoner, <laughs> prisoner. Yeah, escaped, escaped prisoner. Okay, but yeah, you're in this area, and you're ultimately you're giving people the opportunity to know about Jesus. And again, I think the thing that I love about this is that it predated your time. You know, now you're a pastor. Yeah. Where Working here in the Newcastle mm. area for Warners Bay and Newcastle Uni mm. Church, um, this predated your time. In Absolutely, I think it gave me a, really. Ministry. I think it really gave me a taste for ministry. I would have been about maybe twenty four, twenty five at that time. Pretty uh-huh. young. Now yeah. I'm not so young, but uh, I think it gave me a taste of just and. You know, I'm a very, if you meet me, I'm a very introvert, shy individual. Yeah. And yet putting yourself out there, doing that, singing these songs, interacting with the kids. Yeah, it it was just an awesome experience. Yeah. Oh, that is epic. And I I think the other thing it speaks to me is that anyone has the opportunity to do ministry. Anyone has the opportunity to reach out to their community in the most unorthodox ways. All we need is to be connected with God. Amen. And man, praise the Lord. That is an amazing story. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are getting into our next segment. Before we do, we'll have another clue for the quiz. If you could give us to us, please, Ernst. Okay, Lawson, our next question for our viewers, or listeners, I should say, is this. I was involved in idolatry and witchcraft. Okay. Mm. This person? All right, so they were killing God's prophets, prophets. and they were involved well, in idolatry and witchcraft. Yeah. So uh, I'm not seeing any redeeming qualities as of yet. Uh, this person just sounds pretty sucky, but... Yeah. <laughs> 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And uh, what is our prize for today? Again, we have an awesome prize. It is the it is uh, Dr. Faye Kazzy's book, Earthy Canvas Vegan Cookbook. Epic. We've already had some people come through on the text line answering correctly. We've had awesome. some incorrect answers as well. So, guys, get to the phones, 0491-064-669. And if you answer correctly, your name will go into the draw to So, win. am I allowed to submit an answer, no. Lawson? I can't. No, right. you're, you're hosting. Oh, okay. You're, okay. you're hosting on Faith FM. That oh. is, like, literally you have the answer in <laughs> oh, front of Well, man. you don't have the answer, oh. but okay. he, he has all the questions. So, if you have... He has all the questions. They get pro- progressively easier. And that's, yeah. guys, it's going to get easier. So if you're like a bit lost as to who it is, as we work our way Hang through, in there. Hang it's going to get there. easier and easier. You're going to know what it is. Uh, but no, unfortunately, you are not allowed to put an uh, answer in. Bummer. Okay. But hey, right now we have come. We're going to be looking at some, some more serious news from around the world. And we're going to be talking about the US Supreme Court today. Yesterday, we talked about a very landmark decision that could potentially take place in the US Supreme Court, which is the overturning of the Roe versus Wade decision, mm. uh, which is all about, you know, abortion. And we, we covered mm. that, uh, last week, but I'm going to talk about a recent decision that the US Supreme Court actually made in regards to free speech and religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Now, this was specifically in Boston, Massachusetts, and it had to do with the Boston City Hall uh, that basically they have a city hall there. And in that city hall, you know, the mayor and does his work and civil servants, you know, do their stuff and, and whatnot. And they fly a bunch of flags out the front, um, a whole host of flags. You know, they always include the American flag. Mm-hmm. They have the flag that represents the city of Boston and Massachusetts itself. And then they do a rotation of a bunch of different flags that people, um, uh, submit. Mm-hmm. So they have flown the paramedics flag, they've flown the local hospitals flag, they've flown, you know, uh, a few different flags and whatnot. Um, they've even flown, you know, LGBT and gay pride flags, mm-hmm. um, ultimately representing, you know, what constitutes Boston and, mm-hmm. and what they represent. Now, a submission was made uh, to fly a flag that was, it was basically a blue flag and it had a red cross on it. It was a Christian flag mm-hmm. um, and it was fully a Christian flag. You know, you could, you know, misinterpret it as maybe, you know, you couldn't say, oh, is that like a, you know, an iron cross, you know, from World War One Germany? Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. It was clearly like a Christian cross, yep. a, cr- a flag with a cross on it. Um, and the Boston City Hall ultimately decided, no, we don't want to fly this flag. Wow. We don't think that represents us or our city. Uh, Now, the Christian group who submitted uh, this application, they then went on to sue the city Mm -hmm. hall um, for violating free speech Mm -hmm. uh, because... Up until this point, there had been 284 applications to fly different flags, mm-hmm. and all of them had been accepted. I was going to say, none of them had been no rejected one had at been all. No one had been rejected right. up until this one 
Christian flag. Um, now, we're going to get into, in a, in, a, in a little bit to do with this, it's like, you know, what, what kind of flags should you fly? But ultimately, if you've accepted uh, 284 flags and someone is coming to with you to a flag that is so innocuous and, and cultural in the United States as mm. a Christian flag, mm. the thought is like, why would they deny it Mm. but they did deny it and so then this went all the way to the supreme court the u.s supreme court this issue (laughs) um trying to put it put it through because the lower the lower court uh ultimately decided that oh no they ruled that the uh the boston city hall is not violating free speech but uh in a vote the u.s supreme court overturned the lower court's decision and ultimately said nope they should be able to fly this flag it represents the people it represents people in boston mm. um it's not an illegal flag mm-hmm. it's not like the nazi flag you know like it's that, not yeah. it's not something like this you know it doesn't represent the kkk or white supremacists or mm-hmm. whatever it may be it's it's a christian flag that mm. represents christians mm. christianity is illegal they want to represent themselves in this city they're allowed to do it. That yep. was the the ultimate ruling. And I have a quote here from Justice Stephen Breyer. Uh, he wrote, The city's lack of meaningful involvement in the selection of flags or crafting of their message leads us to clarify the flag's raisings as private, not government speech, um, though nothing prevents Boston from changing its policies going forward. So basically they're saying, like, um, yeah, like their decision to not fly this flag was one that was privately motivated uh, rather than publicly motivated uh, by, you know, an already put in place standard to say we don't want to fly this flag Mm -hmm. because they had flown a ton of other flags, but not this one. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they've made this decision. Now the flag's allowed to fly. But then they say, look, if the city hall wants to change their policies in the future to exclude the flag, that's their own deal. Mm -hmm. But up until this point, they have no reason to exclude it. So is it flying now? Um, well, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe, you know, this decision has come and it's ultimately like, oh, yeah, this flag has the potential to fly mm. in the future. Okay. Now, um, as a result of this, the uh, it, and often we see this, the, the satanic temple being a kind of, uh, yeah, a, a devil's advocate for religious freedom in the United States. I use the word devil's advocate. It's a bit of a, bit of a pun. Mm. Uh, but the satanic temple stepped up and they're like, well, we're submitting our flag. Because if Christianity is allowed to submit their flag, then the Satanic Temple, we should be able to submit our flag. This is religious and, um, this is religious and, you know, freedom of, religious freedom, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this should, we should have the liberties to do so. And if they don't let us fly this flag, they are ultimately, uh, the, the state is showing themselves not to be a democracy, but a theocracy. What mm. I mean by theocracy is a nation that is run by God, um, or a nation that is run by a, a, a being or a higher power. They're saying, mm. no, you're letting your nation be run by God. If you yep. don't fly this flag, um, it's not a democracy. It's not for everyone. But the thought is like, well, obviously, okay, I'm not a Satanist. Um, I don't necessarily want the satanist flag mm. to fly but then at the same time you know there is this they're making a fair case this is a democracy democracy um they should let the satanic flag fly um but the thing that the satanic temple is doing here is something that they've done in a lot of different areas of legislation um over rulings of religious freedom and specifically involving christianity that again they want to ride in on the coattails mm, of, of these absolutely. different decisions being yeah. made to pretty much parody what's taking place because the thing is about the satanic temple is that for like 95% of people like satanists they don't believe satan is real mm. their whole deal is like wow. we are creating a group 
to to completely oppose Christianity mm. just because we don't like Christianity. Mm. We don't mm. like Christianity. We don't like religion. So we're creating a parody group to oppose them. There are very few actual like Satans. spiritual Satanists mm. in the world, but the Satanic Temple like is very much atheistic, and their whole philosophy and purpose is to try and thwart mm. Christianity. That's yeah. that's their yeah. deal, and, and try and you know follow up things that Christians have done um, to to parody them and to try and and have that have at them which i think is ultimately they are pretty much achieving the ideals of satan um because the best thing the the number one thing that satan could want is for everyone to believe that he doesn't exist Mm, mm. uh this is like this is perfect for satan a situation in which people believe that satan doesn't exist or in the very very rare case he is real Mm. um but they want to follow him Mm. is like is perfect like he's after the hide in the shadows isn't he that's right Mm. uh because ultimately it, it what he's trying to do is like trying to get people to come to the conclusion that morality and standards don't exist. They're arbitrary. You can do whatever you want. You are your own God. Like he mm. achieves those goals, whether you believe he's mm. real Absolutely. or not. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I just think that this is like, this is kind of sad. I, I think at the same time, it's like, Hey, this is religious freedom at the same time as that. It's like, well, should the Satanist flag, you know, what does the Satanist flag represent? Does mm. that represent uh, the people in Boston? And, uh, you know, does does Satanism, you know, is it a flag that should be allowed to fly because it represents something that the city of Boston supports? You know, yes, no. Maybe you guys have some thoughts. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. But, yeah, interesting discussion about li- uh, religious liberty and freedom of speech in the United States. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are going to get into our guest interview soon, but before we do, we are going to have another clue for the quiz. So, can you give us our third clue for the quiz, Ernst? Okay, here's the next question. It is this. The Lord said, dogs would devour me by the wall of Jezreel. <laughs> this, this dogs would devour me. Struck. Okay, so they're killing all the prophets. prophets. They're they're practicing idolatry and witchcraft, and now dogs, dogs are eating would them. Devour this individual. Wow, this this person is big time struggling. But hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. Hey, just want to let you guys know at the moment our calling function and our listener phones is down. So please just text us. We I saw that some uh, some there were some attempted calls. We can't get to those. So just please text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. Our uh, our prize for today. We've already talked about the earthy canvas vegan cookbook and you go into the drawer if you answer the question correctly to win that um but we have another person with us who is all about cookbooks is all about recipes and is all about cafes that is jeremy dixon jeremy are you there with us right now Yep, receiving loud and clear. Awesome. Hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, you are like a fan favorite here on Faith FM, if you, if you didn't know that. That's great to hear. Yeah, well, because basically we love to, uh, you know, here at Faith of Him, we have stocked up on your cookbooks <laughs> and we love to um, give them away to people who, you know, answer quizzes correctly and whatnot. And um, the people love it. So, you know, by far, whenever we say, okay, we've got a Revive Cafe cookbook to give out, people are just, you know, on the phones straight away. But we now have you on the show to talk to you about all things, you know, cooking <laughs> and cafes and vegan recipes. It's amazing. Great. 
But today I wanted to particularly focus on um, your journey of faith because it's it's amazing to hear that you are also a, a faithful man too. And um, yeah, I guess we can just start from the beginning. How is it that you have come into faith? Yeah, great question. So um, I um, lived in New Zealand all my life and um, Christchurch is where I grew up mm. in New Zealand, which is on the, the bottom island, if you don't know New Zealand very well. And I uh, had wonderful parents. Um, weren't, weren't Christians as such. Um, my parents were um, both had kind of had kind of tough religious upbringings, so they were kind of a little bit, um, um, what would you say, not pro kind of church. Uh, in fact, to the point of you know, if we were were naughty, we were threatened that, that we would be sent to church to uh, you know kind of you know pay the pay the yeah, well. for being naughty. So that was kind <laughs> of the attitude in our household. It wasn't hugely negative, but it wasn't wasn't positive. Um, but you know, through my kind of teen years, I kind of you kind of get thinking about life, and I was thinking, you know, well, what happens when you die? And it's like mm. it's just blackness. If I go buy a car tomorrow, it's just nothing. What's the point of living? So mm. I kind of started started searching out, um, you know, what 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 other options are out there, and I uh, just kind of, kind of wanted. You know, I was really worried about death. What what, mm. what happens? It just didn't seem like a very pleasant place to be, sitting rotting in a coffin for the rest of eternity, uh, not knowing anything. Um, so I. Um, yeah, so I ended up meeting a Christian at high school mm. um, who was an Adventist and um, ended up becoming friends and going on to some youth activities. And I suppose you got to see the, the love of Jesus and wow. the fact that, hey, there is hope for life and um, I don't need to worry about death. I'm, I can I can live forever. And that was kind of my most exciting uh, yeah, part of that. Mm-hmm. So you have this experience in, you know, I, I guess you're Christian adjacent growing up, you know, considering, yeah, church yep. is a punishment rather than a, a positive. And <laughs> you've had interaction yep. with this Christian friend. What was the steps from there? Did they just like take you to church or or what what kind of took place at that time? Yeah, just, just becoming good mates for someone. But I think they probably they, they had a really strong youth group around that time. And so mm. just becoming, you know, being invited along to youth activities, you know, doing you know, car rallies and, um, oh, wow. mm-hmm. m- you know, movie nights and all that, that kind of miscellaneous stuff. Just, you know, just, you just start to, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously the, the friendship part of it. You start building friendships and you just start mm. becoming aware of, um, you know, all the um, the great things that um, when you start getting into the Bible and it starts changing you. And I was probably about, probably about 19 at that stage. Oh, awesome. Actually, I can really resonate with your story. I think, you know, and maybe, uh, Ernst with me here as well, coming from a background of being, you know, kind of growing up in a, uh, well, we're from Australia, from New Zealand, countries where Christianity exists and it's, it's around and we mm. kind of have perspectives and know about it, either yeah. going to Christian schools or whatever it may be. But it is that, that love from, from friends, from people who care about you and people that know the Lord, um, that definitely brought me in. And then you have that opportunity to to know truth. Mm. I think that's the exactly. real the real sticking point where the rubber meets the road. It's like, oh okay, I have all these nice Christian friends that are really great, but then all of a sudden they can open up the word of God and just show you truth. Exactly. And once I was dragged on to a, a Jeff Yolden um Frosty seminar mm. and it just all made sense. It's just like um you know for example you look at you know the state of the dead, you think that's pretty horrible topic, but actually the state of the dead kind of belief of, you know, the fact that we live forever, we don't go to heaven mm. straight away, it just it just all makes sense. And yeah. Um, yeah. that was probably one of the key learnings. The Bible just clearly says is what happens when you die, you rest and then, you know, when Jesus comes you go to heaven. It just it just all made perfect sense. So that kind mm. of some of those key kind of I suppose doctrinal things, not that kind of thought in those doctrines, those kind of beliefs, um, just just being laid out in the Bible was just like, hey, well, this just makes sense. I'm going to sign up to it. 
Awesome. So, so you, you know, you're a young guy. You've made your decision to become a Christian, to follow the Lord. You've seen the truth in the Bible. Amen. Like amazing story already. But then where is this transition into, okay, I want to make epic cookbooks and cafes and cook amazing vegan food. Like how is it that you grew in your, your, your knowledge of, of plant-based cooking? And yeah, how did, how did that take place? Yeah, so I ended up, um, after I graduated university, I went to the business degree uh-huh. and um, then ended up working um, at Sanitarium. So oh, I nice. um, worked there for about 10, 10 years in marketing awesome. um, in various different roles and brands. So uh, a yeah, very fun company to work for, great to work for a healthy company. So obviously there I was exposed to a lot of, um, you know, health research and information um, and you know, I just kind of got interested in it, kind of got interested in cooking. Mm. And then um, my wife and I went to a, um, a health retreat in Australia. Mm-hmm. And we ended up coming back just kind of inspired, and people were like you guys just look you know so young, and so you, know, you just by you know changing some of those great lifestyle changes, just you know it's like the basic stuff, you know, drinking water, having plant based meals, exercise, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, you just start feeling so good, and you, all the research started looking at some of the research, like you know a China study, and there's various yes. various bits and pieces out there. And I, I'm a believer that you know if you you have a plant based diet and a good lifestyle, you'll add. 20 quality years mm. to your life at least. Wow. Um, so um, so I, guess, I guess I was at a stage where I just wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So I was working at Sanitarium at the time, kind of inspired by this. I was like, oh, I'll set up a healthy cafe. So I mm. um, quit my corporate job, high-paying corporate job, and um, and uh, went and uh, started a cafe in uh, central Auckland. So you've started the cafe, like, well, you know, at that time you're a fair few edition, right now you're a fair few editions deep into the Revive Cafe cookbook. At that time, were you armed with all the knowledge and, and recipes ready to go, or was that something that developed through that venture? Yeah, so the, the startup of the cafe, which was in 2004, was just, um, I did everything wrong. It was just a horrendous start. <laughs> I didn't know anything I love about, that. I didn't know I love hospitality. That. Um, in fact, I remember the first day I kind of walked into the cafe, opened up, I hired a chef. We had the wrong menu, it was just wrong pricing, everything everything was just wrong about it. It was kind wow. of cool, but it was all, all wrong from a, from, a, from a business point of view. But I remember my first three customers, um, So and we decided I wasn't going to sell coffee. So I was going to do a healthy salads and smoothies and, mm. and meals type thing. My first customer bounds up the stairs into the cafe and says, oh, hi, I'd like a flat white. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, we don't do coffee. So they kind of left. I'm like, okay. That's a bad start. Second customer comes in a couple of minutes later. Um, oh, I'd like a, you know, a latte. And I said, um, oh, I thought, okay, well, I'll sell them. Like, no, we don't do that. We'd like to give you some healthy stuff. Would you like a healthy juice or smoothie? And the person said, oh, no, I want a coffee. And the third person comes in and says, I'd like a, I'd like a long black, thanks. And I said, oh, sorry, we don't, don't do, uh, do coffees. And I was about to launch into my smoothie thing. He said, what? Are you some kind of religious nut or <laughs> And he storms out to get his coffee. So that was my first three customer experience at the Vice Cafe. Uh-huh. So you have this experience. It's like, man, this just is, it's a bit, it's, it's, it's going a bit crunchy at that time. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of feeling your way into it. Um, but then from there, what, what kind of did you develop from there? Obviously now Revive yeah. Cafe still exists. So there had to be yeah. some turning point if every customer were turned away. Uh, but yeah, how did you grow from that point? Yeah. So when I saw the cafe, I mean, they had quite a cool menu, got quite a good following, but, um, some of the business basics and hospitality, I just didn't didn't actually um, didn't do properly. So I kind of I learned the hard way. So at one stage, I was losing ten thousand dollars a month. Oof, I had too wow. many staff. My menu was too complicated. Wrong opening hours. Just everything was I was doing was just 
wrong pricing. Mm. So I kind of learned the hard way. So I spent this, that, that year pretty much just tidying up the business, getting advice, having to you know lay off staff at one stage, having to change our menu. And slowly I got the formula right. So we ended up coming to getting everything right. And um, basically we ended up with like a real cool menu that we change every day. Mm. So initially when I first started, I had, well, I think I had like, you know, 10 salads, six six meals in the Bay, hot Bay Marie, 10 heat up meals, sorry, 10 heat up meals, mm. uh, toasted sandwiches, etc. And I simplified the menu just down to nine salads and two hot meals a day and we change them every day. Mm. And I kind of simplified it, made it more exciting for customers, made it easier for the kitchen and just started developing some really cool meals and um, from there it just kept growing. Mm, wow. So now it's, you know, continued to, to grow, um, in its, you know, in its ability to serve amazing, healthy, vegan, tasty food and drinks, these kinds of things. And also I love, yeah, that, that health tinge as well as, hey, you know, we're not going to sell coffee. Yeah. We're going to do what we can to really reach people with good health. Um, that, that's amazing. But maybe you can recall, have you seen, you know, God work throughout the cafe as well and, and people being reached with the gospel too? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, that's one of the things I, I do struggle with and try to do. But um, I suppose when I first started, I kind of thought, I'm doing this. I kind of wanted it. It's my mission for God. I wanted to, mm. you know, to share to share healthy food with people. You know, people are getting um, you know, healthy food. They're going to make better decisions. They're going to make better, better mm. spiritual decisions and life decisions. So it's all yes. about yes. giving people a better quality of life. So that's kind of my, my passion that I had then and I, that I have now as well. Mm. Um, and when I first started, I kind of thought, well, I'm doing this for God. I don't really need to worry about the commercials. Um, it doesn't need to make money. Uh, God will sort it out. And uh, very wrong. I mean, there's rules of gravity and there's rules of business. So, mm, mm. Um, so through that period, it was you know it's, it's pretty humbling when you're on your knees and saying, oh, "Lord, this this business doesn't need to. I'm about to quit it because I'm losing ten thousand dollars a month." Mm. And um, I thought, you know, you were meant to help me with this. Kind of what what's going on here? Why did why aren't you making this successful? Mm. And um, so so I quickly realised, hey, look, God doesn't just make things successful for you. He gives you the insight and inspiration to, um, so you can do it. So I kind of got that kind of sort of thing worked out. And then he worked amazing miracles. Like, for example, I had my chef leave and at that stage I couldn't cook. And mm. then the, the next day a chef turns up saying, I'd like to work for you. Wow. Um, mm. wow. And just just amazing miracles have happened through the time. There was a time when I was about to take on a, a second branch of the cafe. I was looking to get another another site. Uh-huh. And I, I said to the, said to God, okay, I've got a meeting with the landlord. Um, if they come back and offer, I'll say, I, said, I wanted to test the guy. I said, okay, I, I don't know whether I want to do this or not. So I said to, to God, I prayed, okay, if I go into the landlord and he offers me $65,000 a year, and if we do $2,000 over lunchtime in the cafe, then I know that's <laughs> a sign from you that I should proceed with the second branch. So I went to talk to the landlord who was offering the site and we were negotiating and he, and I, I just popped into the room and he said, we'd like you to pay $65,000 a year for the site. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I went back to the cafe and I thought, okay, next test, $2,000 $2, for lunch. And um, so that, that, that was basically at that stage quite a very busy lunch to get to $2,000 yeah. by, by 2 o'clock was the target I set. So I said, okay, by, by 2 o'clock, if we've got $2,000, then we will $2,000 worth of sales, and I'll know that's the time from God that I should proceed with this, this um, next thing because obviously there's a huge risk associated with it. Yeah. And basically, lunch is divided into two halves. You get your 12 o'clock people come into one, and you kind of get your one o'clock people come into two. So you kind of have two kind of halves to lunch at that stage. So I, I, the first half from 12 to one was just deathly quiet. I'm mm. like, I got to one o'clock, I'm like, this is just, you know, we're gonna, we, there's no chance of doing that. Wow. And I looked up, and there was just a queue down the street. 
And from one to two, we had the busiest hour of my life. We were just processing customers, selling stuff, and it was going well, just absolutely just flying through busiest. I'm like, wow, this is such a cool God experience. Mm. And I got to two o'clock, and everyone kind of just peered at two and goes back to the offices. I turned the key on the cell to see how much have we made, and we'd made $1,900. Oh. Oh. I'm like, like, wow, that's kind of close enough, isn't it? I mean, it's clearly the 65,000. Uh, I've got, had a busy lunchtime. This is just out of the box. And, but then I thought, you know, hang on a minute. If God was going to get my target, he would. he's not mm. a 5% short kind of a guy. Mm. So I was like, and I struggled with this for weeks. I'm like, should I take the side? Um, and it turns out I didn't take the side. I'm like, this is not a sign that I should do it. And it turns out that site I would have signed up for to this very day because there was some council regulations had to be done. But that site I was going to take over has not been approved for use. So I would have invested in it, and it would not have been oh, approved by the council. Wow. I probably would have lost $100,000. So it would have been an absolute death spiral if I had it actually mm. signed up for that lease. So. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.